0: Hello it's AJ and welcome to the D Plus Club. As always I'll be bringing you the latest news and rumours in the world of Disney Plus. I'll be covering what's new and what's coming soon to the Disney Plus streaming service in the US and in the UK. And of course each week we have a weekly movie club where I give you an overview of the movie along with some facts and some possible goofs. In the last show we covered the movie Pirates of the Caribbean The Curse of the Black Pearl. That episode, along with all previous episodes, is available now on all major podcasting platforms. And for this last week's movie, we've returned to our MCU series for Captain America Civil War. Of course, I'll get back to that a little bit later in the show, but how's everyone's week's been? Of course, you can hear by now. Hopefully, that my voice is more or less back to normal. It's it's been a long few weeks with being ill, and I'm glad to hopefully be seeing the other side of it now. I'm gonna touch wood and cross my fingers on that one, but uh, yeah, I seem to be feeling a lot better than I have been recently. I will apologise in advance if there is any background noise. Usually, we'll hear like my kids or maybe shout or anything in the background, but today we've also got my neighbours who have decided that they're going to throw an Easter garden party so uh, yeah that's uh, going on in the background so if you hear some shouting loud noises and music that will probably be what it is happy easter by the way everyone hope everyone's had a, a very nice easter weekend here in the uk it's a nice four-day weekend actually so we had friday off and we're also having tomorrow off monday which is really good because it's also my son's birthday tomorrow so it means that we get a nice long weekend with him what have we been doing for Easter weekend? We went out on Friday for a little while, did a bit of shopping. Yesterday I did some gardening. And I got our front garden all tidy, completely cut and everything like that. I actually filled our uh, like grass bin and everything, so I haven't actually got any room to do our back garden as well. So it's being emptied this next week, so I'll be able to hopefully do the back garden the following weekend. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that one goes. Hopefully the weather keeps uh, qu- quite nice it's been really nice and sunny and warm today i think it's like 18 degrees at the moment it's like there's barely a cloud in the sky so it's nice and uh, nice and warm here in the uk d- compared to what it usually is let's say uh what else have we been doing not much really today, like I so say we just had a bit of a relaxing day Easter Sunday here in the UK none of the shops open um we, you get like the odd like fast food place, coffee shop they will open uh, a lot of the big supermarkets they will open, but all of the malls all of the other stores and everything like that. They will all close on Easter Sunday, so there's not really much that we can do. So we've just been having a nice relaxing day around the house, really. I've uh, done a little bit of tidying up. The kids have been out on the scooters for a little bit. My friend Andy, who uh, you may know I've spoken about many times in the past. In fact, he could even be listening. I know he's been listening in to more recent episodes. He doesn't get a, a lot of time on his commute, but he does try to listen in as often as he can. So hello, Andy, if you're listening. I'm actually meeting him on Tuesday for a few days drinks. We've had to cancel the last few weeks because, well, first off, I had COVID, which I discussed in the last episode, and then he's been really ill this past week as well, so we've not had much luck really with that, but uh, yeah, no, we're hopefully going to be having a nice long catch-up today, but Andy popped round earlier to bring round a birthday present, and also some Easter Easter eggs for my kids as well, so uh, yeah, really... Really nice for him to be able to do that. What else have I done? Quickly pop round to my dad's. Yeah, not really much. We're not, we've not had like a super interesting weekend really, I wouldn't say. I think tomorrow we might take my son to a, uh, like a soft play area sort of thing, which he'll really enjoy. And also my daughter will really enjoy it as well. So she kind of uh, gets like a, a, a bonus treat just for it being her brother's birthday. So she'll really enjoy that. I think we've got some friends and some family maybe popping around to give cards and gifts to my son for his birthday. But apart from that, that's really about it. Just try and relax before a nice short four day week at work and then uh, back to next weekend. So, yeah. Hopefully everyone else has had a good week. Of course, as always, just drop me a message over on social media at at or forward slash the D plus club. Just to let me know how you've been doing. It's nice to be able to hear from people when they drop me those messages. Now, though, it is time for the news. I want to start this week off with some news that we've received our first casting announcement for the upwing Percy Jackson series. And that is the addition uh, of Walker Scobell. I think I'm saying that correctly, who has recently starred alongside Ryan Reynolds in Netflix as The Adam Project. He's actually been cast in the title role of Percy Jackson in the upcoming series. So, yeah, really excited for that. Really enjoyed what he did with the Adam project. I thought he did very well A nice mix of uh, serious as well as humour and also you got to see that emotional side of him as well. So yeah, really, really enjoyed his role in that and I'm looking forward to him playing Percy Jackson in the upcoming Percy Jackson series. The creator of the Percy Jackson books, Rick Ryden, shared the news actually via his blog where he said... We were fortunate enough to audition Walker months before that movie came out, of course the refer- referring to the Adam project there, but the film only confirmed what we already knew about his talent. It was obvious to me and the rest of the team that Walker had the perfect mix of comedic timing, sweetness, rebelliousness, snark and hero- heroism to embody our hero Percy Jackson. I got to deliver the news to Walker personally via a Zoom call back on January 28th that he had been chosen for the part, and it was a magical moment that made me feel for the first time, okay, this is real. This is worth all of the waiting and all of the hard work. This project is going to be amazing. It's been tough keeping this information under my hat because I was so excited to share the news with the fans. And yeah, now I'm really excited for this as well. Like I say, I really enjoyed what he did in the Adam project, and I think that he could just really do well in this role as percy jackson this could be a a career defining moment in his life where he starred alongside Ryan Reynolds and then of course moving on to this big Percy Jackson series which it's a massive book series I was looking into it of course for my son because I'm in the process of reading the Percy Jackson books to him so that me and him can watch this new series together when it comes out but there's like three five book series or something like that and yeah we've, we've actually bought the second book series only this past weekend because I'd we're, we're like three books into the first series and I want to make sure that we've got the next books lined up for like afterwards finish this one as well. So yeah, really enjoying that and looking forward to this series as well. Moving on to a bit of Star Wars news now, though. The actor Giancarlo Esposito, I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly, I'm really sorry about that. Anyway, he plays Moff Gideon in The Mandalorian. He teased that we could be seeing a third season of The Mandalorian as early as possibly even this summer. He did also say that he will be involved in some way. In the interview earlier this week, he said, You'll get it soon, I've got a little few things to do in regards to that, to put some final finishing touches on what I do. I believe it's with sometime this summer. No date yet, but coming soon. This could mean that we may be getting some reshoots of the series, of course, or maybe he'll be doing some voiceover work for his character, which is really common in film and TV series. But I did find it really interesting that he said that he would be involved, of course, after the end of season two. Spoiler warning, so if you haven't seen the end of season two of The Mandalorian yet, just skip ahead a few seconds. But at the end of season two, Moff Gideon seemed to be captured. So I'm wondering how they're going to incorporate that into Season 3, whether maybe he'll be involved in like some new quest for Mando. I'm not too sure, but uh, yeah, I do find it very interesting that he will be involved in the series going forwards. And yeah, I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing a Season 3 sooner rather than later, because I'm really looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to seeing where they take this new expanded Star Wars universe. Staying in the Star Wars news, though, Bryce Dallas Howard, who many may know has directed many episodes of both The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett, said in a recent interview, "...without giving anything away, you're going to love the Ahsoka show that's coming up. I can't tell you anything, but what I can say is that if you're a fan of Star Wars The Clone Wars, you will be greatly rewarded." From the casting rumors and the announcements, we've been expecting that there will be some Clone Wars and specifically some Rebels connections, Uh, and of course, references to the series. However, this has kind of confirmed many of our suspicions and I really need to make it my priority that I watch both Clone Wars and Rebels before this series comes out because I want to make sure that I have that entire backstory for this Ahsoka character. I have read, or should I say listened to, the Ahsoka book, which was really interesting to find out like some of the events that ended like to get her... Uh, white lightsabers let's say I'm sorry I'm rambling a little bit there but uh, yeah really found that interesting but I want to make sure that I get a, a full background of this character and I want to make sure that I watch Clone Wars and Rebels before this series comes out just so I understand a little bit of not only this character but her backstory and some of the other characters that we could be seeing in this series as well so yeah looking forward to that Staying in the Star Wars news, Rupert Friend teased in a new interview this past week that we should expect plenty of cameos in, and also Easter eggs in the upcoming Obi-Wan Kenobi series for Disney+. Plus. In the interview, he said, If it's possible to be any more excited than folks already are, I would be. I think the series is one of the most thrilling additions to the Star Wars canon. I think Ewan McGregor is doing things with that role that is a dream for fans of the original films. You know, we can't obviously have Hullet Guinness back, but I just think that Ewan was absolutely born to play this part, and wonderful cameos from people I obviously can't tell you about, but also Easter eggs galore, and yeah, that's a thrilling ride. I actually find it really interesting that he spoke about cameos, and it does make you wonder whether he's talking about actor or actress cameos, like maybe an actual person who's cameoing as a role in the show, or maybe if he's talking about character cameos within the Star Wars universe, which still opens the door for potential appearances by even, say, for example, Cal Kestis from the Jedi Fallen Order game, or many, many other characters from the Star Wars universe over the years, including Clone Wars and Rebels characters as well. So we'll have to keep a very close eye on these episodes when they're released and keep an eye out for all of these different cameos and Easter eggs as well, because I think that that will be really interesting. And also I feel that, could be another reason to maybe re-watch this series over and over again I know personally I'm probably going to want to try and watch this series twice over or maybe each episode twice over should I say just because I, I feel that there's going to be a lot of different things that you're going to have to look out for and I'll definitely be tuning in to uh, YouTube channels such as Screen Rant and New Rockstars and people like that who do a lot of these episode breakdowns to be able to point out some of these background easter eggs. Both of them those by the way i highly recommend them if you're watching any of the marvel series check out screen rant and new rock stars because both of those channels have very good in-depth like reviews of all of the cameos easter eggs of all of the star wars and marvel shows and yeah they do a very very good job i wouldn't even attempt to be able to do that kind of thing because they just do it so so well and i highly recommend that you check them out if you want to kind of get that inside information and also all of these small little things that could add to the overall story but of course many people may have missed along the way so yeah highly recommend uh, both of those YouTube channels and uh, yeah drop them a subscribe and finally in Star Wars rumors this week I did see a rumor that we may get a second series of the non-canon anime series Star Wars Visions later this year with some of the anime studios possibly returning with new episodes. I actually really enjoyed this series and i'm looking forward to finding out more about this as i think allowing these new creators to be able to share their vision of the star wars universe can lead to lots of new ideas coming to the star wars wider universe in canon as a whole so I'm i'm hoping that we do get some more of these because i found them really interesting to be able to watch Moving on to a little bit of Marvel news now. We got some more looks at the upcoming Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness this past week, ahead of its May 6th release. We got a look at some of the new character posters for all of the lead characters who will be appearing in this in this movie, including a character poster for the new character for the MCU of America Chavez. Along with these posters, we also got a new two-minute two featurette titled Enter the Multiverse, which includes lots of new footage of what but are suspected to be various versions of Doctor Strange and also other parts of the movie mixed with cast interviews giving their take on the movie as well. I am really, really excited to be able to see this movie. I think that this movie could be a new game-changing sort of uh, kind of stepping stone in this latest phase of the MCU, bringing in the multiverse as a whole and possibly introducing New characters in the form of America Chavez, but also maybe opening the door to things like the Mutants entering the MCU, maybe even the Fantastic Four. Of course, we've got all these Easter eggs that we could be seeing Patrick Stewart reprising his role as Professor Xavier in maybe part of the multiverse as well. So yeah, really looking forward to being able to see this movie. I have no idea when I'm going to be able to see it. I can guarantee that I will not be able to see it in the first few weeks of it being released and probably might even not be able to see it whilst it's in cinemas. It's very difficult for me to be able to go to cinemas just with a young family and things like that, being able to find childcare and the like, but uh, yeah, I have no idea when I'm going to see this, so I am more than likely going to end up being spoiled with this, and that may not even be my choice. I may just want to be able to find out more about this film And find out how it opens this door into this wider multiverse in the MCU as well. I do know some people who are going to see it on the opening week, so I'm quite jealous of that. But I will more than likely end up pre-ordering this film for for the home release on iTunes, so I can watch it when it's released there, but... uh, Yeah, really looking forward to seeing this. Staying on the Marvel news, Tim Roth sat down with E.T. Canada this past week and spoke briefly about the upcoming She-Hulk series, where he will be reprising his role as Emil Blonsky, or The Abomination. Of course, the last we saw Abomination, he was briefly in Shang-Chi, but this will be the first major role we'll actually see him play in the MCU since The Incredible Hulk. Anyway, in the interview, he spoke about working with Tatiana Maslany, I think I'm saying that right, who will be playing Jennifer Walters or She-Hulk in the series. He said, She's amazing. It's actually jaw-dropping. Yeah, you know what? I'm just watching it on a day-to-day level, and sometimes... The dialogue just lands, and just on that level and her ability to absorb and then perform, it was quite remarkable. And she's funny. One of the signs of a good actor and actress is their comedic touch, and she has it in spades. So yeah, really liked that interview. I actually watched the interview earlier today. Not just uh, found like the excerpt, and yeah, he, he it was a really nice interview. And he actually spoke briefly about having Mark Ruffalo on set for the series, and also Mark and Tatiana's kind of play off of each other, and how some of the directors are allowing them to ad lib, and how they're just really funny together when they're improving off of each other. So yeah, so really looking forward to this series, and it sounds like it's going to be really funny as well so uh, yeah i'll look out for more news on this and hopefully we get to be able to see it soon of course we're not getting any release date for the she-hulk series as of yet but uh, hopefully it's not going to be too far off moving on though now 20th century studios this past week announced that they're working on a new eight episode series around the legendary singer and member of the rat pack sammy davis jr The description of the series states that Sammy Davis Jr. rose from childhood stardom on the vaudeville stage to become one of the most famous African-American entertainers of the 1950s and 60s. At the same time, he spent most of his career surrounded by controversy and ridicule over his affair with white film stars and his 1960s marriage to Swedish actress Mae Britt. It also covers his conversion to Judaism, his closeness with the Kennedys and later Richard Nixon, and also how he had problems with alcohol and drugs. It's unclear how much of Sammy Davis's life they will explore. However, we do know so far that Elijah Kelly has signed on to play Sammy in the series. I've actually been listening to a lot of the Rat Pack and Sammy Davis and uh, Frank Sinatra and all of those guys. I've actually been listening to their music for a very long time. My granddad on my mum's side actually introduced me to the Rat Pack at a very, very young age. And I've been listening to them through the years ever since and I'll be making sure that I watch this when it comes out because I think that it will be a really interesting series. We don't have any news yet on a release date but I will be keeping an eye out for that when it does get announced. And finally this week in the news, I wanted to share that actor Justin Bartha will officially be reprising his role as Riley Poole in the upcoming National Treasure series. Of course, this new series will not focus on the central characters of the original movies. However, fans of these movies have been hoping that we may see some cameo appearances from the film stars in the series, and I think that including Riley in the series could lead to some really interesting storylines and callbacks to the original films. It'll be interesting to see how they integrate him into the series, whether it is just a Guest starring role in a single episode, or whether he will be part of the main cast for the series. It also means that we will also get an official update on what the character of Riley has been doing since the second film, The Book of Secrets, and potentially some Easter eggs as as to what the other characters have been doing, and what they are maybe even doing now, or even a teaser of a potential third film. So fans of this series can only hope that we'll get to see more of all of these characters from the original film series going forwards and maybe even we've got some surprises of some of them, other some other of these characters showing up in this series as well but uh, yeah we'll keep our fingers crossed on that one and I am hoping that we will get a third major film in the National Treasure series because I really really love those films as well and that's about it for this week's news what's you most excited about from this last week's news let me know over on social media at at or forward slash the d plus club or of course over in the sorcerer radio discord at srsounds.com forward slash discord or of course you can always drop me a message over in the sorcerer radio fun zone facebook group now though, it's time for a brief break and then I'll be back with what's new and what's coming soon to Disney Plus this next week.
1: What are some of the most popular songs played on Sorcerer
0: Radio? We'll find out every Monday morning on the SRN Top 10 at 8 a.m. Eastern. Vote for your favorite Disney song on the Sorcerer Radio app by pressing the vote button on the
2: bottom part of the screen. That's the SRN Top 10 on Sorcerer Radio. All Disney music all day long, srsounds.com. Hey,
0: And we're back. So what's new and what's coming soon to Disney Plus this next week? And this last week, I think the only thing that I was able to watch on Disney Plus was the third episode of Moon Knight. And I think that this third episode really, really changed things up for this series as we're able to explore this character from... Without spoiling things, a new perspective and included a very game-changing moment for the series close to the end of the episode. Again, I really do not want to give anything away because it's only just been on Disney+, and I'm considerate that... Many people may not yet have had chance to watch this third episode yet. I know personally there's some other TV series out there at the moment that I've been trying to keep up to date with, and I'm about an episode, episode and a half behind at the moment just because I've not been able to watch it. Anyway, going back to Moon Knight, really, really enjoyed this, and it keeps leaving you with these cliffhangers and these moments where you're like, oh, what's going on here? And you want to find out more about it. Now, the only thing that I will say that kind of has been teased out for the last few episodes is that i'm wondering whether we may see another identity for this character of mark Spector and stephen grant i'm wondering whether we may see a third character in there in the form of potentially jake lockley now jake lockley was a another personality in the comics i believe he was a taxi driver now and now people feel free to correct me on that if i'm wrong but i really think that we could be being teased of another personality and i'm wondering now whether mark specter is the primary personality or whether there's another underlying personality that's hiding there in the shadows that could be kind of the say the birth personality i'm not sure but uh, yeah i'm really interested to be able to find out more about this character and i think this series is taking the mcu or the the tv part of the mcu in a very unique direction and i'm looking forward to finding out more about all of these characters and even the character of konshu the god as well because i feel that his uh, interaction in this past episode has has led to how can I say it's it's led to us finding out a little bit more about his motivations and his personality as well so yeah looking forward to finding out more about that but what have we got to look forward to this next week well starting on Monday here in the UK we'll be getting season one of the series Superstar which features rare footage and details about those who helped shape American culture as we know it today and we'll also be getting the Queen Family Sing-along, which is full of hit music performed by artists that all of your family will enjoy. Moving on to Wednesday in the US and in the UK of course we'll be getting the fourth episode of Moon Knight as well as the 10th and season finale episode of The Proud Family Louder and Prouder. Also I saw this past week that we are getting a second series of The Proud Family Louder and Prouder so keep an eye out for more information on that coming soon as well. In the US you'll also be getting Once season one through three which is about a teenager who is passionate about football or soccer for those in the US and in the UK we'll be getting The Resident season 5 episode 14, NCIS season 19 episode 5, Our Kind of People episode 10, Family Guy season 20 episode 11, Bob's Burger season 12 episode 11, The Great North season 2 episode 9, Trust Me seasons 1 and 2, Mrs. America season 1, Club Mickey Mouse season 4, Space Chickens in Space season 1 and also apparently some shorts as well on that one. Roll It Back shorts as well, season one, and also the National Geographic releases Hacking the System, Wild Hawaii season one, Wild Central America season one, and also Wild Russia season one as well. On Thursday here in the UK we'll also be getting episode 2 of the Kardashians and we'll also be getting the special Captive Audience where a boy named Stephen returns home after 7 years of being missing in a kidnapping and presumed dead as well. However apparently this story takes an interesting twist so more on that of course after I've had a chance to be able to see it. It sounds like a really interesting special so I'm hoping to be able to tune into that. It might be one of those that I watch on my lunch maybe at work one day. Moving on to Friday, we'll be getting a new Simpsons special in the form of When Billy Met Lisa, where Lisa Simpson is discovered by the chart-topping artist Billy Eilish and Phineas. I'm not sure what Phineas is. Someone more cultured than me will probably know. I'm a bit old-fashioned in that way. I probably don't keep up to date with as many things in the music industry as I should. Anyway... She meets up with them while searching for a quiet place to practice her saxophone. Billy then invites Lisa to her studio for a special jam session that she will never forget. And for Earth Day, we'll also be getting the Disney Nature's latest special, Polar Bear, which follows the story of a new mother whose memories of her own youth prepare her to navigate motherhood, in the increasingly challenging world that polar bears face today. And we'll also be seeing the behind-the-scenes special, Bear Witness, which actually follows the veteran team of filmmakers who made polar bear. Also for Earth Day, we'll be getting Explorer, the last tepu, or tepui, I'm not sure how you say that, and also the biggest little farm, The Return. In the US, you'll also be getting Buried Secrets of Cordoba and Buried Secrets of Kiros. You'll also be getting The Kangaroo King, The Phantom Cat... The Return of the Clouded clouded Leopards, Expedition China, Ghost of the Mountains, and Growing Up Wild, which focuses on the trials and setbacks of five young animals from their first steps of exploring their world to their final steps into independence. I've actually spoken about Growing Up Wild a few times, and I'm really interested to be able to check this one out because it sounds like a really, really interesting series as well. Here in the UK on Friday, we'll also be getting Wild Leopard. America's Greatest Animals and the 2011 film Mr. Popper's Penguin starring Jim Carrey where the father Tom spends more time at work than with his children. However, when his his own father sends him penguins as a gift, they help him bond with his children even more. I've actually watched Mr. Popper's Mr. Penguins a few times, and I've actually watched it, I think, in the last year with my family, and I really, really enjoyed this film. It's definitely one, one that I recommend people checking out. I think it was recently removed from Disney Plus in the US, I think I remember seeing, so maybe people ch- in the US check, see if that's available for you, but I know here in the UK we are getting getting it added this next week but yeah really really enjoyed this film highly recommend that you check it out and of course it's jim carrey there's there's some very bad jim carrey rules admittedly but overall i think jim carrey does really excellent work really really solid rounded actor and yeah really highly recommend this film because it's really really good and that's about it for this next week what are you most looking forward to let me know of course over on social media and at or forward slash the d plus club or over in the Sorcerer Radio Discord at srsounds.com forward slash discord, or of course over in the Sorcerer Radio Disney Fun Zone Facebook group. I will be taking another brief break now, but after that I'll be back with the Weekly Movie Club. Looking for the show that talks about all things Disney, then check out the Disney List with Kristen and Al John. They've got news on Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, the Parks, and so much more. Listen to the Disney List every Monday, 1 p.m. Eastern on Sorcerer Radio, SRsounds.com. Well, now it's time for the Weekly Movie Club. And as I mentioned earlier, this past week's movie has been the MCU movie Captain America Civil War. So if you've never seen Captain America Civil War, or of course, any of the previous MCU movies leading up to this movie, this is your spoiler warning. If you don't want to be spoiled, pause the show, watch the film, and then come back and join us for the rest of the podcast. Now with the spoiler warning out of the way, let's get right into it. We start the film off in 1991 where the brainwashed super soldier James Bucky Barnes is dispatched from a Hydra base in Serbia to intercept a car carrying a case of super soldier serum. In the present day, approximately a year after Ultron has been defeated by the Avengers in Sokovia, Steve Rogers, Natasha Romanoff, Sam Wilson and Wanda Maximoff are trying to stop Brock Rumlow from stealing a biological weapon from a lab in Lagos. Rumlow blows himself up attempting to kill Steve, Wanda telekinetically diverts the explosion, accidentally destroying a nearby building, and killing several Wakandan humanitarian workers in the process. Thaddeus Ross, the US Secretary of State, informs the Avengers that the United Nations, or UN, is preparing to pass a new bill called the Sokovia Accords, which will establish a UN panel to oversee and control the Avengers. The Avengers are divided with how they feel about the Accords, Tony Stark supports the oversight because of his role in Ultron's creation and Sokovia's devastation, while Steve has more faith in his own judgement than that of politicians who may have their own motives. Meanwhile, Zemo tracks down and kills Bucky's old Hydra handler, stealing a book containing the trigger words that will activate Bucky's brainwashing. At a UN conference in Vienna, where the Sokovia Accords are being ratified, a bomb kills King T'Chaka of Wakanda, Security footage from a nearby CCTV camera indicates that the bomber is Bucky. Tachaka's son, Tachala, vows to kill Bucky for murdering his father. Informed by Sharon Carter of Bucky's whereabouts and Due to the authorities' intentions to kill Bucky on site, Steve decides to try and find and bring in Bucky, who was once his childhood friend, who he once thought was killed in the war. Steve and Sam track Bucky to Bucharest, and attempt to protect him from T'Challa and the authorities who are after him. However, after a chase through the city, all four, including T'Challa, are arrested by the Bucharest police and also James Rhodes. Impersonating a psychiatrist sent to interview the imprisoned Bucky, Zemo recites the words to activate Bucky's brainwashing. He questions Bucky and then sends him on a rampage to cover his own escape. Steve is able to stop Bucky and sneaks him away, and when Bucky later regains his senses, he explains that Zemo was the real Vienna bomber and wanted the location of the Serbian Hydra base, where the other brainwashed winter soldiers are being kept in cryogenic stasis. Unwilling to wait for authorities to follow and apprehend Zemo, Steve and Sam go rogue and recruit Wanda, Clint Barton, and an unsuspecting Scott Lang to their cause. With Thunderbolt Ross's permission, Tony assembles a team composed of Natasha, T'Challa, James Rhodes, Vision, and a newcomer to the team, a young Peter Parker, to capture the renegade Avengers. Tony's team intercepts Thieves at Leipzig Airport, where they fight each other, causing injuries on both sides until Natasha allows Steve and Bucky to escape. However, as Steve and Bucky are escaping, James Rhodes, in his war machine armour, is accidentally shot down by the Vision, and becomes partially paralysed from the injury. The rest of Steve's team is then captured and detained in the Raft prison, and Natasha also escapes and goes into exile. Tony is able to uncover evidence that Bucky was framed by Zemo, and convinces Sam to give him Steve's destination. Without informing Thunderbolt Ross, Tony goes to the Siberian Hydra facility and strikes a truce with Steve and Bucky. However, the three are unaware that they were secretly followed by T'Challa. When they arrive at the facility, they find that the other super soldiers have been killed by Zemo, who then shows them footage that reveals that the car that Bucky had intercepted in 1991 actually contained Tony's parents, who Bucky killed in the attack. Angered that Steve kept this from him, Tony turns on both of them, leading to an intense fight where Tony destroys Bucky's robotic arm and Steve disables Stark's armor. Steve then leaves with Bucky, leaving his shield behind in the process. Satisfied that he has avenged his family's deaths in Sokovia by fracturing the Avengers, Zemo attempts suicide, but he is stopped by T'Challa and taken to the authorities. In the aftermath, Tony provides James Rhodes with exoskeletal leg braces that will allow him to walk again, while Steve goes to break his allies out of the raft. In a mid-credits scene, Bucky is seen being granted asylum in Wakanda, and chooses to return to cryogenic sleep until a cure for his brainwashing is found. And in a further post-credits scene, Peter Parker explores the features of the suit and web shooters that were built for him by Tony. Captain America Civil War was released on May 6th, 2016, on a budget of $250 million. It then went on to make $1.153 billion at the global box office, and marks the start of Phase 3 of the MCU. Development work began on Civil War back in 2013, borrowing some of the story elements from the Marvel Comics series of the same name. Following on from the positive reception of the Winter Soldier, the Russo brothers were brought on board to direct Civil War in 2014, as well as the announcement of other major cast for the film, including the return of Robert Downey Jr. to play Tony Stark. As well as Robert Downey Jr. and Tony Stark returning for the film, this film also saw the first MCU appearances of two other characters, which would then go on to get their own solo films. This included Chadwick Boseman, who was brought on board to play the Black Panther ahead of his first solo film, and also Tom Holland, who was cast as Peter Parker and, of course, Spider-Man. This happened, of course, after a lengthy negotiation with Sony Pictures, who then and still hold the movie rights to Spider-Man, and also a number of other Spider-Man Universe characters, of course, including Venom and the like as well. John Watts, who would then go on to direct Spider-Man Homecoming as part of the MCU, also then sat in for the Spider-Man scenes to ensure that all of the directors were on the same page for how Spider-Man would be portrayed within the MCU, and also to ensure that Civil War would transition quite seamlessly into Homecoming. Tom Holland commented on how intimidated he was when he came to a screen test for Spider-Man, saying that Robert Downey Jr. took him aside and said, Listen, I remember my screen test for Iron Man. I remember how terrified I was. Just think of it as an audition. It's nothing too scary. If you get it wrong, we'll just start again. There's no pressure, which is really, really nice to be able to have one of these bigger MCU actors speaking to this relative newcomer into the industry to be able to help them get comforted within doing the screen test for this role. I found that a really interesting fact for this. And the final casting announcements were then released in early 2015 with Jeremy Renner returning as Hawkeye, Anthony Mackie returning as Sam Wilson, Scarlett Johansson as the Black Widow, Elizabeth Olsen returning as Wanda Maximoff, as well as many others. Filming then began on April 27th, 2015 and ran until August 22nd. Robert Downey Jr. actually acted as the younger Tony Stark, along with John Slatterly and Hope Davis. Lola FX then provided the de-aging visual effects on the face and the hair of Downey with the footage of photos from his early career as references. The day before filming a fight scene with Robert Downey Jr, Sebastian Stan actually sent him a video of himself doing intense bicep curls in front of the decapitated head of an Iron Man suit. He attached to the message, Looking forward to our scene tomorrow, Robert. Which sounds quite intimidating to be able to receive that as a message. Whilst there are many heavy CGI scenes in the movie, there actually no CGI was used in the highway chase scene when Bucky commandeers a moving motorcycle from under its rider. This whole stunt was actually done using practical effects, which I found a really interesting fact as well. At the time of its release, this film was the longest film in the MCU at 2 hours and 27 minutes. This has then since been passed twice by Avengers Infinity War at 2 hours 29 minutes. They really wanted to be able to just beat it there. And then Avengers Endgame at 3 hours and 2 minutes. This film also hinted at the start of the relationship that would then be seen again in Avengers Infinity War, as well as Vision between Wonder Maximoff and The Vision. Whilst this film featured many of the Avengers, a few notable members of course were missing. These including Thor and the Incredible Hulk. However, their absences were explained later in Thor Ragnarok, as Thor was looking for the Infinity Stones, whilst the Hulk ended up being transported with the Avengers Quinjet to the planet of Sakhar, where he was used as a gladiator. And in this week's Spot Stanley. Stan can be seen as a FedEx deliveryman, delivering a package from Steve Rogers to Tony Stark at the end of the film. He also mispronounces Tony's name as Tony Stank. One notable goof that I really did want to point out, however, even though there are quite a few continuity errors throughout the film... Anyway, the, the goof is that in order for Peter Parker to legally help Tony to bring in Steve he would have had to have signed the Sokovia Accords. And in doing so, he would have had to have revealed his identity to more than a hundred different countries. However, of course, as we've seen in the following movies, such as Spider-Man Far From Home and then later in No Way Home, nobody is actually supposed to know that Spider-Man's real identity is Peter Parker, but Tony and a few of the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents and Nick Fury and Maria Hill... So how was he able to join Tony's team if he wasn't releasing his identity to the public? Did Tony bring him in in secret? And if in doing so, was Tony punished for that? It just seems like a little bit of a plot hole that was never really explained. And it'd be interesting to find out a little bit more about why they included that in. If anything, you would think that... I don't know, Peter would have joined Captain America's side, although then would how would he have got the super powered suit or the high tech suit, should I say? So yeah, anyway, a big plot hole that I thought of in this and I just wanted to touch on that. And I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Why do you think that Tony brought in Peter? And do you think that Peter would have had to have signed the Sokovia Accords? Or do you think that Tony brought him in in secret? Anyway, let me know what you think. Just drop me a message over on social media, of course, as you always usually do. And that's about it for the movie this week. What did you think? Personally, I have to say that I really enjoyed Captain America Civil War. I would go as far as to say that it, up until this point, it was one of my favorite Avengers movies. Yes, I said that correctly. It seems more like an Avengers film than it does a Captain America film. Yes, it really focuses on Captain America, or uh, Steve Rogers, and his reasonings for doing what he's doing and really follows his story through to the end. However, at its heart, I really feel that this is an Avengers film. And by being directed by the Russo brothers and by getting very good reception in the box office, of course, bringing in more than $1.1 billion, I think this also led to the Russo brothers being on board for the later Avenger, Avenger films as well. But I really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed the character interactions. I really enjoyed how they played out the conflict and the reasonings behind this and how it all came to a head in this airport battle scene. And also, the, some of these battles were just really good to be able to see. You get to be able to see Giant Man. You get be able to get to see Spider-Man in the MCU for the very first time. And there's also this really fun moment between Clint Barton and Natasha Romanoff where they're, like, sparring with each other, but they're not really sparring with each other. And I just thought that was really fun to see these two best friends go up against each other but not really doing much about it so yeah really really fun to be able to see and just a really good film all together and I feel it really leads us into this next stage of the MCU really well it was a good starting point for this phase three to kind of separate the team explore them all again almost individually but also then bring them back together as we close out phase four with the next two Avengers films so yeah really really enjoyed this film and There are a few different comments that people made online when this film came out because people were expecting it to be closer to the comics. But like they've done with a lot of these origin stories for the MCU and all of these other stories for the MCU, I don't think that they have to be so comic accurate with them. They can include plot points from them and be able to make a really good original film out of it. At the end of the day, it's called the MCU for a reason. It's the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and the Comics Universe exists on its own with its own stories, and the MCU has its own stories, and yeah just my personal opinion on it my very personal take on it i'd like to be able to hear if you would prefer them to be able to stick closer to like comic accurate in a way or whether you like them to be able to produce these stories specifically for the mcu but of course inspired by the comics as well so yeah let me know on that just drop me a message of course as uh, i keep saying over on social media of course in the sorcerer radio discord as well of course as i always do i ask for people to be able to share their thoughts on the weekly movie club each week over in the sorcerer Radio Discord, the FunZone Facebook group, and of course, over on my social media. So, let's see what people had to say this week. Sorcerer Radio's own Eric Allen said over in the Sorcerer Radio FunZone Facebook group, I would have liked to have seen this movie held off until more of the MCU was fleshed out, given that the comics version of Civil War was on such a much greater scale than the MCU version. But all in all, it was a pretty significant moment in the movies and continuity and overarching storyline. And so I still put it pretty high on my personal ranking. And I have to agree completely with Eric on that uh, remark that this was a very significant moment in the whole MCU story and really shaped how the MCU was going to go into this Phase 3, heading directly, of course, into the close of Phase 3 with the, the, the next two Avengers films. And I do think that it would have been good to be able to hold this off until... Maybe more of these characters were more well-established. But on the other hand, I'm seeing it from a different perspective where characters such as Tony Stark and Captain America and the actors who are playing them have been in the MCU for quite a while at this point, and they're wanting to move on to other projects. They've been tied into these projects for quite a while at this point. And I think that by holding off this movie they would have risked losing those actors and not having them play these significant roles in this movie. So yes, on the one hand, I do agree with it. And on the other hand, I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure that they would have been able to physically do that. But I do agree that the civil war comic book story had a very, very grand story. And similarly for the comic books, it was very game changing in the way that it shaped up the comics universe going forwards. And it had, wide-reaching effects over all of the Marvel comic series, really. So, yeah, I I do think that if they'd have included some of those elements from the Civil War comic series, we would have had a completely different movie, but I I do really enjoy what we got out of it in the MCU in the end. For anyone who hasn't read anything about the Civil War comic series, I am trying to be quite vague there, because there are some pretty game-changing, like, events that happen within that comic series and even if you don't go out and read the comic series i would explore just on the internet just do a little bit of research on what's the comic version of the civil war storyline did for the the marvel comic universe let's call it because yeah it it was a pretty big story in the marvel comics universe and uh, it'd be interesting to see something like that explored in the future of the mcu so we'll we'll have to see how that goes of course Moving on to Brandon over in the Sorcerer Radio Discord, he says, Another action-packed Marvel movie. It's interesting this time to see the various Marvel characters going up against each other. That does, however, explain the Civil War part of the title, of course. And yet, I have to admit, very action packed film, so thank you very much for Brandon for sending that message in. And Tim over on Instagram says really enjoyed this film, remember seeing it coming out in cinemas and really enjoying it. Then I haven't read the comic book, but I understand that it would have been a very different story if they'd have adapted that for the screen. Yeah, completely agree with that as well Tim. Yeah, There's not really much I can say on that. I think a lot of people have very similar opinions on this that it was a very very good movie very game-changing moment in the mcu however if they would have followed the comic storyline closer we would have had a completely different film for the mcu so uh, yeah that's all i can really say on that because i think that a lot of people have a, a very similar opinion on this thank you everyone for your comments on the movie this week now though it's time to see what the guys over at diz his had to say about captain america civil war This is, this is, review, review.
2: Okay, guys, so D plus this week is Civil War. And, you know, kind of going into this movie, this is one of those movies that's kind of like Winter Soldier that I was not really excited about watching, you know, uh, but I really enjoyed this movie. I thought the movie was funny. I thought the movie was, I thought it was a good movie. I thought it was a great movie. What do you guys think? This movie is, so we have a, I guess it's a tradition, right? Um, And it just started off completely and totally innocent pertaining to this movie where my husband and my son, every time we go on um, a cruise, you know, you have your TV on demand Disney plus before it was even Disney plus, if you will. And so it started off as a joke because it, they always ended up watching this movie and I would get so frustrated with them and be like, guys, we're on a freaking Disney cruise and you're sitting here watching a movie that you can watch all the time. And so now this is tradition. You know, <laughs> we get on the ship, everybody kind of calms down, packs their, unpacks their stuff, and my son will grab the remote and turn this movie on because of that. And also it's just such a great movie to watch and you get sucked in every time. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think of it, uh, Alex? I like the movie. Um compared to all the movies, I think it's it's up there as one of the best. Um, I, I like it. I'm not I wasn't a big fan of it when it first came out. I didn't think it was a great movie, but rewatching the series as a whole, um, I think it's a really good movie. I think uh I love how sometimes I get confused though, because they do they, they you know, that's where they introduce Spider Man. And I kinda like some reason in my mind I'm like, Spider Man has a movie where they introduce him, but no, that's how they introduce him. So that part I can't kind of get confused. But I think in general it's cool. The only the only thing I had an issue with when it first came out is, you know, I don't read, I didn't read comic books, but my brother did. And so I, I'm aware of all these comic book, you know, specialties. And Civil War was a big thing in comic books. But this Civil War is like 5v5. But comic book civil war is like 30 on 30. So when I heard they're doing Civil mm-hmm. War, I was like, oh my God, how are they gonna do this? This is gonna be amazing. And then it ends up just being like five v five civil war, so that was a letdown for me. Even though I'm not a big comic book person, that was kind of a letdown. But um, rewatching this series, I think the movie itself holds up, and it's like a it's like a vital pin in the series. Like it really, you need civil war in order to get from part A of the series to part B of the series.
1: I agree with you. How about you, Chris? So a couple things about this movie. Um, we should really uh do a ranking of the marvel movies i think that'd be really fun to do in chat we could use that Mm -hmm. movie app but um just off the top of my head i think this would be in my top five or seven uh marvel movies this one was really enjoyable for me um spider-man's one of my favorite characters so introducing him was so good nothing was forced was a lot a lot a lot of heroes in this movie and it was and everything everything flowed really well and the story was really good um speaking of the comic books alex i read civil war and i this is one of the comic books where i thought the movie did a better job than the comic book did really yeah um and super super different um comp uh ideas too same ideas but way different because there's obviously like you said there's a lot more characters in civil war um cyclops dies in civil war and that's yes. kind of what that's kind of like the uh, i feel like because i'm watching civil war again recently i feel like when vision shoots down roadie that's kind of like the cyclops moment okay where they kind of like uh you know one of the friends dying they, they realize that you know they're fighting with each other and kind of has <laughs> to like, stop hey thing. man these things we do are kind of dangerous yeah <laughs> <laughs> did oh, you no. know you would
2: kill someone
1: <laughs> so the the cool thing that I really liked about Civil War and uh, as a parallel to the comic book was that one um, scene where Iron Man's fighting Cap and Iron Man does his repulsors on Captain America's shield and they kind of slow it down because that's like the cover of the original Civil War comic. Uh-huh. So that was a really cool nod to that, and I really liked if you re- – so after watching Civil War, rewatching uh, the older movies again. You can kind of see that that rift starting to form between uh, Cap and um, and Tony. Oh, yeah. Which I thought was really cool. So, yeah, I, I think this is a top. This is definitely a top movie for me. And then uh, we get Black Panther in this movie, too, which I thought was uh, he, he was. That's absolutely, right. His debut. Know, phenomenal in that uh, in that movie, too. Yeah, I, I loved the movie. I thought it was great.
2: My favorite part of the movie is Spider-Man fanboying all over. Yes. The, the Marvel Avengers. Yeah, he was just, like, was so cool. happy to be with them. You know, I was yeah. like, oh, this is so cool. Hey, guys, how's it going? Like, so excited yeah. to be there. And that was my favorite part. Yeah, yeah. You want to hear more from Joe, Alex, Jin, and Chris? Just visit DizHiz.com and listen to DizHiz and all podcast platforms.
0: Thank you very much, as always, guys. Remember, you can catch them on Sorcerer Radio on Fridays at 1 p.m. and 8 p.m. Eastern, as well as, of course, on all major podcasting platforms, including the new Sorcerer Radio website at srsounds.com forward slash DizHiz. Remember, if you want to send me your comments on the Weekly Movie Club each week, you can do so in the Weekly Movie Club room in the Sorcerer Radio Discord at srsounds.com forward slash discord. Or you can comment on any of my posts on social media at at or forward slash the D plus club, plus being the word plus, or of course over in the Sorcerer Radio Fun Zone Facebook group. If you want to leave me an audio comment on the movie each week, you can record one and send one over on my Anchor page at anchor.fm forward slash the D Plus Club. Next week, we'll be watching one of my favourite Disney animated movies of all time, and that will be Tarzan. Until then, though, hopefully you have a good week. Thank you very much for tuning in this week, and hopefully you can tune in again next time. Have a great one, everyone. Bye-bye.